2: Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Who are you? This might seem like an obvious question, but don't take it too lightly. Being able to answer it honestly and accurately may be the key to helping you find love. This is exit interview. I'm Julie Krafcik. And I'm UHU. We are active daters turned dating sociologists. We started our podcast journey with our long-running show, Datable, where over the years, we've interviewed thousands of daters and dating experts. And now we're so excited to bring all of this experience to this show, Exit Interview.
4: And at this point, we really hope you've listened to our previous episodes. And if you haven't, don't worry about it. Just put a <laughs> pin in this one. Go back. Listen to them whatever order you want, but listen to all of them because they're all so so good.
3: Oh my God, so good. And we've been talking to daters who are so ready for a relationship, but they just can't figure out what is getting in their way. Mm. So to help them, we've gone back and we've talked to all their old flames, exes, situationships, <laughs> friends, anyone who has feedback of what might be going wrong.
4: So as of this episode, we've interviewed 10 different daters. Damn. and had 10 <laughs> amazing, life-changing conversations. So to Today, as our final episode, we're going to look back at the last five episodes we did and look at this whole season to see what we've learned.
3: And we have some really exciting updates to share with you all. (laughs)
4: Updates are always fun. But looking back at the last five daters that we did.
3: So we have Kristen, Kyle, Caroline, Deborah, and Justin.
4: How do you think they compare to the first batch of five?
3: Hmm. Well, we had a few that were a little more resistant to the feedback this time. Mm. I think we said that. That last check-in that we were surprised that everyone was super open to hearing it. And I think this time we definitely felt maybe with Kristen and Kyle a little more pushback.
4: And I think that happens when people feel like they've done the work. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen this on our podcast. We were like, I've done the work. I don't need to change. It's the other people who need to change. That's okay. We can feel whatever it is that we want to feel in the moment. But in these five episodes, you'll see in the check-ins that people do come around. I think they they really do. Yeah. Was there anything that surprised you the most in
3: these five? I think what surprised me the most was, you know, we do talk about this, so it shouldn't be totally surprising. But ultimately, dating comes down to the relationship you have with yourself Mm -hmm. and how well you know yourself. Mm -hmm. And knowing ourselves really does help us find the right partner.
4: What really surprised me, I think, with the last five we spoke to is like some of them are if you looked at their social media and if you only knew them from Mm. an outsider's perspective, you say they have the perfect life. They know their career. They have their friends and family figured out. They look good. They're living their best life, you know. And then we dive a little deeper and realize everyone has so many layers underneath. And everyone is going through their own struggles.
3: Yeah. And we're all evolving at all points of time. Yeah. And I know for me, for years, I was putting on like date Julie, and I was showing a certain persona almost. And I remember like one of my friends just being like, I don't understand why dating's so difficult for you because like you have no problem making friends. You're very social yet like none of my dates were progressing. Mm -hmm. And I really do think I was holding a lot of my true self back and just showing this very surface layer version.
4: And yeah, and I think that's very much tied to the biggest theme we've seen come out of the last five episodes is this theme around identity. Mm -hmm. Who are we when nobody else is around? And I've personally also struggled with identity as an Asian American elder millennial. I not only straddle generations, I straddle cultures. And for so long, I was told I was not enough of anything. Mm -hmm. So then if you're not enough of anything, what are you then? So I think Getting to the core identity of who we are is so essential in dating because it will help us act and react appropriately based on, you know, aligning ourselves with our identity.
3: Yeah. And last time, you know, in the last check-in episode we did, we talked about kind of the spectrums of intentionality. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it's similar for this too. There is not knowing yourself at all. And then there's almost being too rigid in your identity. Yes. Because I mean, I've learned this from being in a serious relationship now. There are some things that you do have to be like, okay, is my way actually the right way? Or am I accounting for another human being? Like, you can't just say, I hit the snooze button, therefore, I don't care if it annoys the crap out of someone else, right? Like, you can't just be like, this is who I am. I'm never going to budge in any way. Mm -hmm. So there is that line as well. That's
4: a really great point, because identity is not Who you are forever is who you are in this moment in time. And we need to be open to the fact that our identity is constantly changing. That's why identity is on a spectrum. And starting off with our check ins, we might as well just get into it because on one side of the identity spectrum, we've got two daters who know exactly who they are. (laughs) They're very strong in their identities. First, we've got Kristen. Remember Kristen?
3: (laughs) How can you forget Kristen? Yeah, no, there is. I think Kristen was a very memorable guest. She was definitely very progressive, vocal, Mm -hmm. larger than life. Her whole thing was, does she intimidate people by being herself? Yeah. So let's hear what's been going on with Kristen's life.
4: Hello. Hello. Kristen, what's new with you? Relationship
5: wise, Mm -hmm. (laughs) lover wise. Yeah. So I actually met someone through work. We were doing kind of a a travel job. And so we met going on this four hour road trip together to this job. So, you know, we had four hours there to talk and it was definitely chemistry. And then we worked together for three days. It was just great. So we kind of just started, I guess, seeing each other. I like to take it slow. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm seeing how it's going. So far, so good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exciting. I know you mentioned like before, one of the challenges you had is, you know, like someone not texting or communicating well. Do you feel like with this person, that's there?
6: It
5: is. Yeah. And I, the communication is actually really phenomenal. But I communicated early on, very early on, that, Mm -hmm. you know, my expectation for communication is high and that I, like a response. Mm -hmm. Even maybe once or twice, we've had a semi uncomfortable, you know, where we didn't agree on something. Mm -hmm. And even that felt really amazing just to have the conversation because we both walked away in an even better mood than we started with, because it was like a very healthful way of dealing with it. We both had a way to say, Oh, I love this. I didn't love that. Mm -hmm. How are we going to work through this? Well, let's try ABCD. And then we're like, cool. Want to go get a drink? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and So far, he's good. Mm, Great. That sounds like a win.
3: <laughs> just your whole energy. I could like see the shift of just like how like happy you are right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah.
4: And we've talked about all the additive qualities he's
5: bringing into your life. What do you think you're bringing into his life? I think, in general, he likes my energy, my like tenacity, mm-hmm. um like the stuff with my activism instead of it kind of yeah. being intimidated to him, he actually encourages it. He always says that he definitely does not want to be on the opposite end of <laughs> of that energy yes.
3: <laughs> That's amazing.
4: What I'm hearing is in this relationship, you set the tone from the beginning, you set the tone of how you like to be communicated to, and he's stepping up to the plate, which is really nice because you don't have to be reactive and point out what he's doing wrong because he's
3: already being set up for success.
5: Yeah, sorry. That's, I mean, that's exactly, it's, we're like, let's do it.
3: (laughs) I like your mentality around this. And I also like that he's given you hope for men out there. Because I know (laughs) there was, I feel like at the last time we talked, there was definitely this like feeling starting to creep in, or maybe it was already there of just like, you know, men suck type mentality. And you're nodding your head, you agree. But I'm glad you were able to see the glimpse of someone, (laughs) right?
5: Yeah, I mean, I was having a horrible day at work, but he came on my lunch and brought me a kombucha and let me just sit in the car and like cuddle with him. It was like heaven. It was great. It was like gave me the energy to finish like a horrible day. So
4: yeah. The last time we spoke, I felt like there were a lot of control issues. You wanted to control the previous relationships because you weren't getting your needs met. And when you're feeling anxious or unsure, then of course you want to grab for that control. But in this one, you're letting go. You're just like, whatever happens, happens. I'm just really enjoying myself. But your choice in words in the beginning of this convo, I do want to dig into that a little bit. You were like, things are going well for now. He hasn't fucked up yet. (laughs) still feels a little bit like you're testing him. And where's your head around that?
5: I'm not even ashamed to kind of admit that that's the stage that we're in. We're having a lot of fun. I definitely care about him very deeply. He's a very beautiful person and I want good things for him, but it's very easy to lose me.
3: I do like, though, that like this has given you hope. We talked last time, like the question was like, am I intimidating men? And I think what we're learning now is the right person is going to be here for it. But I also do see like a softer side of you coming out. And that doesn't mean like you have to get rid of the other aspects that make you you. But I love this side that's just a little more inviting and warm in addition to that. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a shift in your energy, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, I mean, and it's... It's definitely part of that when you feel safe with a man. For and yeah. I guess I can only speak for my experience, right? When you feel safe with a man, again, encouraging me, saying like a cleansing cry is totally fine. I don't have to worry about kind of putting on airs and those kinds of things. Like yeah. just be me already. He made me mm-hmm. very comfortable that I could do that. Of course, you're gonna get the softer side of me. We know that Scorpios are all you know stinger on the outside, but just like a gooey center. <laughs> so you know, because he's treated me so well, Mm -hmm. he does get the benefit of the extremely soft side of me, which is very cooking and, you know, Mm -hmm. surprising him with things and, you know, all the kind of stuff that a man that isn't giving me that beautiful treatment, you're just going to get the harder edge of me, I guess. Right. Applies to all of us.
3: We're so glad to hear this update from you. It really made us both so happy to hear this. So thanks, Kristen. She's in a relationship. (laughs) I was not expecting that update because I think what she say before she'd been single for 10 years-ish
4: prior. Yeah, for a very long time.
3: Yeah. I do
4: see the growth in her. Even she said, she's like, if you are invested in me, then you'll see the softer side of me. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's Kristen saying, I do have this other side of my identity that I want to show more of. I just need to be given the
3: opportunity to do so. Yeah, I think like the spectrum of being rigid in our identity. I don't think we're saying like you need to change who you are to the core. Yeah. But what it is is letting different sides of you come through. And maybe like you have these sides, you're just not having this show up on dates. And I think that was the case with Kristen. I don't think she's fundamentally different as a person. She's just less and more open to showing the various sides.
4: Yeah. And maybe that's the way to go about it. I bring up this conversation I had with my partner all the time. Because in the beginning of our relationship, I was very much like, I'm the strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. Nobody (laughs) can hold me back. I'm not going to sleep over just because you want me to sleep over. And he asked a very important question. He said, you are the independent woman that I'm very attracted to. But can you also be independent woman and be open to showing this other side of you? You know, showing this loving side or this romantic side of you. right? And that was a light bulb moment for me to say, I do have that part of me. And I now have the opportunity to show the different layers, right?
3: Yeah. And also being able to meet his needs, too. Like, in a relationship, it's not all about you. That's the reality. Is it not? Damn. I've been doing it all wrong. (laughs) That's what makes them so damn difficult, right? (laughs) Well, speaking of all about you, let's
4: talk about Kyle. (laughs) Kyle is an interesting one. I really like Kyle because he has a very strong social media presence Mm -hmm. and also just a very strong presence. He's very confident in who he is. But beneath it all... Let's not forget that he was struggling also with identity and also Mm -hmm. how to create more connections.
3: Well, I think social media is challenging because you're putting on a face to the outside world and then you have to rectify who you are deep down. And I definitely feel like in our conversation with Kyle, Mm. even when we asked him, you know, How is he going to be more vulnerable? It came back to like his work. And, you know, it's a hard thing to separate. So let's check in with Kyle and see what's changed for him.
4: Okay, Kyle.
7: Stoked to be here.
4: So I just want to rewind back to the last time we spoke to you. And the major question we had for you was Are you looking for attention or
7: connection?
4: So what's been going on?
7: After our chat last time, I did get off the call and started thinking about Morgan mm-hmm. a little bit based on some of the things she said, because we never really had the chance to build connection, have conversation.
4: But also to recap for our listeners, Morgan was the one that said you two had a kind of like a friends with benefits relationship. You had only seen each other at conferences. You never were in the same city at the same time or very rarely. And she's also a monogamous dater.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh,
4: okay. okay. I want to know what happened.
3: Hold tight. This interview will continue in just a moment.
0: Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? m has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other.
6: Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandys.
1: Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I want to know what
4: happened. We yes. We ended
7: up chatting and like starting to mm. connect a bit more. And I honestly just decided to go visit her. And I spent nine days down there.
4: So tell us how these nine days went
7: it kind of picked up right where we left off. I mean, we're very flirty. We just went out on some dates. She stayed over with me most of the time. I honestly went into meeting up with her from the perspective of, I want to see if there's a connection here. And if there is that connection, I'll explore if we would go into a relationship and being monogamous and seeing if that would work for me. And I had a great time, but I don't think that we're just at the same level in our lives. You know, I tried going there with her and having deeper conversation, but she just she struggles to get there. And so I was just very hesitant on if we could have the type of relationship, type of open communication that I'd really want. Yeah.
3: The fact that you could go deep, and I know it sounds like you just realized you weren't compatible. That's still better than staying at the surface level, because at least you know.
4: Yeah. I do wonder about this concept of real vulnerability that we talked about last time. It's like there's vulnerability that you can put on social media, but then there's real vulnerability that we see with you. Have you given much thought to how you can show more of that real vulnerability?
7: As far as the vulnerability factor, I mean, finding that balance where I don't want to feel like I'm just always just being super fucking emotional and talking about my emotions Mm -hmm. and because that's very at times wishy-washy it doesn't feel like this person has their shit together can this man hold me does this man have direction and so finding that balance of hey i need to share this but i don't want to be sharing this all the fucking time because then it's like well what like get your shit straight you need to go where you need to go like i feel like I want her to feel safe, but I'm not there yet. I don't know if we can create that safety in someone. And that's my biggest problem. I
3: think we often think that vulnerability has to be, you know, sharing our deep, dark secrets and feelings, but even just going on a limb with Morgan and Mm -hmm. trying something out that was vulnerable. So I think you like can cut yourself a little slack maybe of like that you are being vulnerable when you don't realize it and holding on to those vulnerabilities, the chances that you're taking.
4: I think that it's interesting that you feel like you have to arrive at a certain place in order to be this person, this ideal partner. But I feel like you can take someone on that journey. And that's part of the vulnerability is telling someone I haven't arrived where I want to be, but here's where I want to be. This is where I am right now. I'm not there yet, but I'm almost there. I'm getting there that's vulnerability it's like not when you get to that place and you go i've arrived that's not vulnerability that's just proclaiming where you want to be right
3: mm-hmm. a big part of
7: it is just taking the risk with someone mm. it's partly that i've gotten so used to like trying to be this leader out there and
8: mm-hmm. and yeah. say
7: and show that i have the answers for people yeah. based on some of the things i've gone through and you know, coming back to saying I'm having all these struggles and all the all this shit, I don't do it as much because I, I want I don't want people to think I can't trust in this person to to work with this person, and so that probably feeds into my actual life and my other relationships.
4: There's this great yoga teacher that I've been listening to, and he's like, you know how when you are in a yoga class, do you know who how you can tell when someone's the most seasoned yogi? It's the one. That's taking a child's pose because the person who is an expert in what they do knows when they can't move forward, knows when they can't do that move, knows when they push their body to the limit, knows when they've pushed their mind to the limit. And I think in this, it's a great learning for all of us to say, even if you are an expert and you're becoming that expert in your field, you can say, I don't know the answer. I know my limit here. I don't know the answer here. Mm-hmm. And that proves you to be more of an expert than you pretending to know the answer.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I get it. We totally get where you're coming from as people that are in the dating space. Sometimes you're like, yeah. don't want to say you don't know. But in your personal life, sometimes you don't know. You just have to work yeah. through things, you know, you can't have yeah. all the answers. Yeah, we know you'll get there. So. I think there's already been a shift. Thank you for reconnecting with us, Kyle. Always good to talk to you. And hopefully it just continues on your journey. And it's okay if things don't shift 100% on day one.
7: Thank you for having me. And I appreciate your support, your advice, and uh, holding me accountable.
3: (laughs) Thanks so much, Kyle. You know, as people that are podcasters, right? You and I, I really do feel what he's saying of like feeling like you almost have to have the same persona on air or like, you know, to the public as you do in everyday life. And that's not always realistic. Like the reality is it is a little bit of an accentuated version of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think he's still working on teasing apart the fact that. He doesn't need to have it all figured out. He can have different sides. Mm -hmm. It's okay if he doesn't know all the answers. The
4: pressures of being an expert persona is very tough because you feel like you have to live up to that expert identity. And you have even alluded to this, but for our podcast, I think Julie and I, when we get into bumps in the road with our own relationships, we're like, oh, no, can't discuss it. Can't let people see this. I got to show that my relationship is successful. I got to make this work to live up to my identity. And recently, I don't know about you, Julie, but I've tried to just let go of that notion because Mm -hmm. that's also my life. I can't gear my life towards this identity, the persona that's online. So that's what we're trying to get through to Kyle, too, is as part of being an expert in your field, you also have to let people know of the things you don't know and be able to pause and say, I don't know the answers. I'm still trying to figure it
3: out. This word vulnerability, it keeps coming back. Your favorite. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's such a buzzword. But I do think like what you show to The masses on social media, by definition, cannot be the same as what you show to your person, basically. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we're still not able to make that differentiation, I think there's still some work there to be done.
4: Yeah. He did the work with Morgan. I'll hand it to him. He tried. You know, he went back to her. He did
3: try. I like that. I'm really curious what their conversations were. I know he said that she wasn't fully yeah. able to meet him. I'm still like wondering like what this was. And, you know, we're only going to get one side of the story because as we've established at Exit Interview, there's their side, the other person's side, and the real thing that's happening.
4: So what you're saying is we should get Morgan back for season <laughs> two of Exit yeah. Interview. I like where you're <laughs> headed with this. We're also going to head forward in the middle of the spectrum of the identity spectrum. We've got Caroline. So, Caroline's pretty sure who she is but also not very good at sharing who she is. I mean, she Mm -hmm. is a single mom, and I feel like that's the identity that she's married herself to. But then there's so many other sides of Caroline that her dates didn't get to see.
3: Yeah, a lot of them described her as guarded. Mm. And I think like some of that comes with the territory, as we talked about on the episode. But we also gave Caroline some ideas of how she could let her guard down a bit that still kind of protected her child and her own family life. Mm. So it's not that it's wrong to have the identity of a single mother, but it doesn't need to be your sole persona either. That's one aspect of who she is. It's not the only reason why dates aren't working out, and it's not the only act quantifier of who she is.
4: Yeah. Let's see if things change for Caroline then.
3: Caroline, so good to see you.
4: Yeah, likewise.
9: Uh, It's it's good to see you guys.
4: Do you remember what were your main takeaways from our last conversation?
9: It's been one of the most more insightful personal learning growth experiences I've had. The first recording, the two main pieces that I walked away with was sharing about sharing a little bit about myself. I have a lot to be grateful for, and yes. And I th- I've i been throwing a lot of bo- more bones out there to let folks know, hey, I am interested in you. And I don't think I did that a lot in the beginning.
3: That's good.
9: Yeah, I think that's always like helpful and uh, no date views for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think that's shaped a lot of my dating moving forward, certainly since the first recording.
3: It's a huge shift. And I remember being there myself and having that mentality, like for the first time, really, like what before I met my current partner. And you might, you know, this is just a forewarning because I feel like this happens is like because you're kind of putting yourself out there more, you might feel quote unquote rejected more. But I actually think it's positive because you're really just making room for that person that sees who you are and notices that they're the right fit instead of just trying to mold yourself to like be what this other person wants.
9: Yeah. It almost seems like kind of worth it.
3: Totally.
9: (laughs) It's another screening tool. I hate that word, but exactly what you said. This is me. And if you're not my person, then I'm going to show the next person who – I am and it may or may not work. I feel a lot like the rejection is uh, – it makes you stronger and I I become more fearless each time. Mm,
3: Yeah, and it's not even rejection. I know that's what we call it, but it really is just making room for that next person and the right person. So I love what you just said and the mentality that you're going into it with.
9: Yeah, yeah, and I've been more, like I said, mindful of it even at first match like or – When we text, it's Mm. instead of like, if I ask what they're doing, they respond with a hobby, then I'll take that opportunity to share what my hobbies are. Mm -hmm, It sounds so simple, but I never really did that in the beginning. It was just like, okay, cool. And then we don't talk for a day. And it's like, (laughs) what are you doing the next day? But I'm finding those opportunities to insert how I can share about myself Mm -hmm. while still being engaged and interested in, in them.
4: And any potential prospects? The last couple months, um,
9: yeah, yeah, I think so. It's uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of it as a marathon, not a sprint, mm. and yeah, I think there there's a couple, and we're taking it
3: slow. Okay, mm-hmm. and we have to ask: Did you reach out to anyone after this at all? Like any of the people that we talked to?
9: I did. I reached oh, out to my okay. friend, and then one of the the men, and and they just kind of like like talk to me about what they said. And I agreed. And I said, you know, what you said was actually pretty insightful. And it was different not hearing it directly. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like looking at it from an outsider's point of view. And at the end of the day, it's like, we just want to help you. We want to see you happy. Ultimately, we support you and in, in all your like decisions when it comes to dating, because they want, they just want me to be happy. And they know how great I am and how much I have to share. And they're like, share that with people. And you know what, if someone yeah. looks away, or is like, I, I'm not about that, then they're not your person.
3: Mm. And I have to ask, was it Curtis that you reached out to the one that moved away that you had a lot of strong feelings for?
9: Yes. Ooh, yeah, he, did, he did. He's like, they reached out to me also. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish he
3: lived it, it, around here.
9: <laughs> I know. I know. And I actually still talk to him about random things and he's doing well.
4: That's great. Go Curtis.
3: Well, it sounds like you're taking control of your love life. Yeah. No longer are you thinking being a single mother is the reason why things aren't working out. Playing that victim card. It sounds like you are in control.
9: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I did a little bit of that. Definitely. Yeah. Really. From a third party's perspective. So I'm really grateful. This was such a good experience and I I'm grateful for that opportunity to learn more.
3: So wonderful.
9: Thanks. Yeah, I took a lot away from it. So it's a win-win.
3: Oh, I love Caroline so much. Me Every too. time we talk to her, she's just such like a ray of sunshine, you know? I love that she took notes, you know, from our last conversation. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely took it in and I do see that she is opening up a bit more on these dates really taking that guarded comment to heart mm-hmm. and yeah like that doesn't mean that you disclose every deep dark secret about yourself I think she's looking at like ways she can let people in a bit
4: more-hmm the beauty of Caroline is that she's got so much relational awareness yeah almost to a fault you know she's constantly observing the people she's around. And I think that's part of being a mom is that you are catering to this other human in your life. So I think she's coming around to using that relational awareness on herself. It's like, how does this person make me feel? And I love that she's putting herself front and center now.
3: Definitely. There's a huge shift. And to really put yourself as the main character into this, opposed to the victim that is the shift that's needed to find your person.
4: Mm. So that's the middle of the spectrum. She's in the middle of the identity spectrum. And then we're going to move to the other side. Kind of people who are still struggling with their identity. Let's start with Justin. Oh, I just always have to put my hands on my heart when I say Justin.
3: <laughs> One of his friends <laughs> described him as just, you know, this big personality Filled with joy. Just grand. Grand, yes. Like puts a smile on your face. That is exactly who Justin is. And I'm glad that at least that part of identity is shown because that is so core of who he is. We had a huge smile every time we talked to him.
4: He was stuck on the narrative that he's never been on a date. And we also uncover the fact that he has been on many, many dates. So it goes back to what do you define as a date? He also didn't feel that comfortable with his community. He felt like he was not. Gay enough. In our discussion, we helped him uncover that with the help of an expert.
3: I think the big question that came up was what type of gay man are you? That was the core Mm -hmm. of the conversation. And I'm really curious to see what Justin took away from it. Hi.
4: Justin, it's so nice to see your lovely face. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome. Missed you
3: guys. We missed you too. <laughs> we,
4: yeah, we definitely missed you. We miss your beard and we missed you more. But the last time we spoke, community was a big theme. That was a takeaway. Mm -hmm. Give us an update on what's happening in Mm -hmm. building community for you.
2: So I did join the Gay Brotherhood on Facebook.
3: Nice. Oh, nice.
2: Probably the next day. (laughs) Like last week, I actually posted a photo and like interacted with some guys in the actual on the on the actual site. Yeah. I am still putting myself out there. Not successful all the way, but I'm still going to do that. I'm put myself out there and, you know, but I am no longer using, I had no on the first date. <laughs> We're not using that anymore. That Good, has okay. not been anything that I say. Um It's an outing. Things have been a little bit different since the podcast, actually. I really just kind of, I'm still in that, on that journey, mm-hmm. but It probably sounds cliche, but I really have started worrying about Justin.
3: Good.
2: So I have decided to do more traveling this year. Yes. Um, I've already booked a trip. I'm going on my very first cruise in July. I'm going to Athens, Greece. Nice. Nice. Jealous. (laughs) So this year, it's about Justin traveling. And if yes. that man seems to He may be there He may be on the on the cruise Who knows <laughs> I'm just, You never know I You know. Hope so. so I, I hope mean, we touch base I mean, with you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hope yeah. find can me can. a man in, in Santorini or something So um, yeah Go we'll
4: find that Greek god Please
2: I'm all about <laughs> it I watch a Little White Lotus as well So like I'm all about that <laughs> I don't need to feel like I need him Right mm-hmm. it's an, and I'm an addition to him and, and And vice versa So that's what I'm working on
4: I just want to give you a big hug. i seriously, a big <laughs> hug. This seriously so great to hear because even Julie and I were having a chat last night. You know, she and I are both in relationships, but we were saying the most important relationship you can have and work on is the relationship with yourself because you're going to be that constant your whole life. Mm-hmm. Other people come in and out, no matter if they could be in your life for a lifetime or snippets of it, but you are in your life for the rest of your life. So, yeah. I love hearing that you're working on your relationship with yourself above everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, last time we spoke, we talked about the trauma dumping that you were doing on dates. Yes. What's been going yes. on with that? How are you able to kind of control that?
2: It's funny, you should ask that. I actually have addressed some of that trauma oh. when I was at home over the Christmas break. Good. So, there were some conversations with some people that I haven't spoken to in six or seven years that we finally had a conversation. I think. I know for my part of it, I feel 100 percent happy with what I said. Um, And if they don't, they're entitled to that as well. But at the end of the day, I need to let them know the boundaries are here. Mm -hmm. I'm open to us, you know, rekindling our friendship or, you know, other relationships that I've had with other people. I'm open to do that, but there's boundaries here. You know, I think with the help of this podcast, I think the help of my therapist that I went to see for Mm -hmm. two years helped me realize, like, there has to be boundaries. Because if you continue to give and give and give, that will continue to take, take, and take. And I had to stop giving so much.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. This plays into everything, right? The giving, giving, Mm -hmm. giving versus, Mm -hmm. you know asserting Mm -hmm. the boundary of, I need to put myself first. Mm -hmm. So have you given any thought to Michael's question about what type of gay man do you want to be? Well, I honestly.
0: Go grab a sip of water. We'll be right back. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic
1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
6: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandys can give you that comforting pause. <sighs>
3: Any thought to Michael's question about what type of gay man do you want to be? Well, I honestly, after that conversation, I did sit
2: here and think about that for a week, Michael. How would I answer that? Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really happy with who I am right now. Mm-hmm. Good. There's just so many good things happening, and I'm super excited about it. So I'm just going to continue being me. And that and that's a caring, giving, hardworking, yes. persistent Sometimes, Devo. Um, <laughs> say, that's what I'm gonna <laughs> do.
4: You're fabulous. I mean, the shift I see from the last time we spoke was that this word control keeps coming to mind. I feel like you're so in control right now. You're in control of your life. Mm-hmm. You're in control of who you are. You're in control of the people you surround yourself with. And what we loved about you last time we spoke was that you were so open, like kind of this... Lost puppy, you know, like, I don't know what's out there. I'm willing to explore. And here you are, Justin. You're like, I know who I am now. I know what I bring to the table. And I know where I am taking my life. Whoever comes along for the ride, they're in for a great ride. But that's on Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep moving myself
3: forward. I commend you for that.
2: Thank you. And it actually really feels great. Yeah.
3: That's usually the shift it takes to beat someone, opposed to being in this state of desperation almost of, I need to get on that first date, right? Like, you're like, I've been on some meet and greets. I'm good. Let's see what's yeah. out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and just being transparent. Like speak it. If That's what you want. Go after
3: it. Go after it.
2: And that's what I'm doing. Love you that. Get,
4: you get. Mm-hmm. You get that. You go after and you get that. I
2: am. I am. I <laughs> am. I'm in a good spot.
4: Yeah, you are.
2: I'm 35. I'm single. I have no kids. And. I'm eligible. And, you know, like I said, we may have another another segment where you hear what's going on next. And you know what? Yeah. And then when the marriage comes, you, you all get <laughs> We're
4: all invited. Right. <laughs> all right. <Yes. laughs>
2: Marking my calendar now. Mark your calendars. Almost. I love don't you know happen, no. but mark your calendars.
4: <laughs> I love that Justin's like, you know what? I, my identity is tied to my life, how I'm living my life, mm-hmm. and I am just
3: crushing it at life right now. And I'm going to just keep loving life. I think Justin is in such a great place right now to meet someone. And, Mm. you know, this is something that took me a really long time to realize that the more you can just enjoy being content and happy with the life that you're in currently, instead of like, why am I single? Why can't I go on dates? That energy of just like, I freaking love my life. I'm happy as a clam. I'm enjoying who I am, what's out there. That's what attracts someone to you. Yes. And the fact that he's in that space. I really can see things going in a good direction for him.
4: His joy is infectious. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure anybody who meets him will want to be part of his orbit because he is just so full of positive vibes. I think he's on such a great track. Like, listen to the words he used. He's like, he's building his community. Yeah, People he meets on dating apps or for in a dating context are only additive to his life. He took that from our conversation. Mm-hmm. He learned so much
3: and we learned so much from
4: him. So I'm so proud of him.
3: Such a different dynamic. Just his whole energy shifted. So, really, yes. like, honestly, it, it kind of made me cheer up after we talked to him because it was just so heartwarming.
4: I know, right? And you just want to give him a big old hug.
3: Yeah. So last but not least, we have Deborah, who is also kind of on the spectrum of not necessarily knowing the true Deborah. We talked a lot in her episode of was she actually ready for a relationship? And we kind of netted out the relationship she needed was one with herself.
4: I think she is so relatable to the young UA that I remember <laughs> adapting myself to everybody I dated, <sighs> making myself do things just so I could come off a certain way to, I don't know, attract people or to I don't impress them. But that wasn't at the core of who I am. So I get it. I, I feel like we've all been there.
3: Yeah. And I think not knowing who you are, it just allows you to attract a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But then how do you actually like build a relationship with someone if you're never actually showing them your true self? Right. And then you also don't know who's a good fit for you because you're just kind of confused and letting all these people in, not necessarily knowing this is what's good for me and this is what's not.
4: Yeah. Okay, well, then last but definitely not least, here's our check-in with Deborah. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Deborah. Nice to see your face. Nice to have you back. Okay, so it's like revisiting last time we spoke. We figured out that you adapt yourself to the people you're dating, but you weren't showing your true self. So any updates on that front?
8: I feel like I've had the most fun these past couple months of like, kind of like just having that joy of laughter. I feel like with friends that I've like, been missing for like a while because I really took that part probably most to heart because I feel like that was like one of the bigger issues but I'm definitely like way more myself and not afraid to like be myself around other people and like and that's like with friends and dating I think if anything almost like my friendships have gotten stronger now if I'm being myself and it doesn't work then it's a no-go. So yes. that's that's been great.
3: Oh my god, I love to hear that. So we were gonna ask, like the relationship with Deborah. <laughs> that's how we left is mm-hmm. getting in a relationship with yourself. It sounds like that is fully on.
4: Do you still sometimes revert back to thinking, oh, I need to be more femme <laughs> around this
8: person? Okay. The first couple of weeks were really hard to revert because I kept doing it and I was like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yep. Um so it took a like a little bit to kind of get out of the mindset like I still loosely could use terms to describe myself but I don't like dress to fit into that box like if someone wanted to describe me I could use I would probably use a few different things but now like when I'm getting dressed or going out and thinking about like I don't think about the personality I'm going to put on and I feel like I've also met new people and like being able to just talk to people and meet them
3: what else has been going on to nurture this relationship with yourself?
8: Um, I really liked the, the words you said to me at the end of the podcast. You gave me three words to describe myself. And you said that I am love, I am goofy, and I'm flawed. <laughs> and I don't say it every time, but I definitely think of that like sometimes when I'm driving to go out. And oh. <laughs> I think that's kind of like helped a lot. Like, as a good reminder.
4: So glad you are embracing the goofy side. Because remember yeah. you said, I'm so afraid of coming off stupid when I'm goofy. And... Goofy doesn't equate to stupid. Goofy is innately who you are. It's like the most fun side of you. And everyone we spoke to really loved that goofy side
8: of you. I'm so glad you're embracing that. Yes. I guess if they didn't want that, then, well, then we won't be friends or something. So
3: We can hear the confidence in your voice. Yes. It's like a different person <laughs> that we're talking to. Yes.
8: <laughs> I feel like Skylar hit on that topic most. And like, I really like the word she said, kind of like, or spoke more to me I think from hearing it from like that perspective and it's funny because on New Year's Eve I actually saw her and her girlfriend out at the club and it was like I feel like really cool to see them um one like seeing them in person they look so happy and stuff um and like I said hi and it was really cool I took a picture of them because I'm like you look so cute (laughs) but I think like seeing I feel like because like she helped me more like kind of like what she said But then seeing her in person, it was like, oh, like, yeah, that's really cool. But I feel like I'm kind of like getting closer to that. Mm, Yeah.
3: That's so cool.
8: (laughs) But
4: what is going on on the dating front? Anyone hear about that? Um,
8: I have I've probably a lot of first dates still. But with that, still like showing up as myself and like it's kind of like taken some to get used to doing that. And then, you know, you just don't vibe with the person. But I will say, I think I've gotten better with letting the people know, like, hey, I don't think this is a good fit versus just ghosting, (laughs) Um, which I've never done before. So that was nice.
3: Oh, Such progress.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
3: when you know yourself so well, though, you can make that distinction, right? That this isn't worth dragging on for another three, six months, if I know (laughs) that it just doesn't have the legs.
4: And on a heavier topic, I know we talked about some of the trauma that you had experienced when you were 18, and you had thought about therapy. Any news on that front?
8: So this week I finally followed back up with a therapist and I'm going to have my first session. So.
3: Oh my God. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah.
8: I think about the podcast or like the conversation a lot. Like it really helped because I mean, I feel like you don't get that perspective very often and it's so much easier for other people to kind of see what you're doing wrong versus yourself. So it was was really helpful.
3: I mean, I think you had a almost like best case scenario that maybe what was holding you back was that you just weren't showing yourself, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's one yeah. of those things that it's hard to unlearn patterns. But at the same time, you have everything you need, you just need to show it now.
8: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Well, we're so happy to hear that you are doing well, you're vibrant, you're energized. It's definitely a different vibe from last time. And we're super excited for your journey.
8: Thank you. Yes.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like Deborah was so much more confident. Yes. She was less timid. She was showing us that playful. I'm not going to use the word goofy, <laughs> playful, <laughs> silly, energetic, friendly, all the qualities that encompasses who she truly is.
4: The last time we spoke to Deborah, she felt like more of that follower mentality. Yeah. Lead me. Tell me where to go. But this time, she sounded more like the leader, the control. Mm -hmm. She has control of her life. She's driving her life. And how about the fact that she's spending more time with her friends, nourishing those relationships before even yeah. thinking
3: about romantic relationships? I think that's really key because then you, you know, you don't tolerate bad behavior. You're not reliant on someone. Again, it comes back to this additive notion that you're just letting in people that are good for you and bringing you joy and like fulfilling the qualities you're actually looking for and you don't know what you're looking for if you don't know yourself. So I'm really glad she's kind of getting in touch with her friends, but also getting in touch with her own needs.
4: Rooting for you, Deborah. We're team Deborah all the way. Actually, we're team all of them. <laughs> I'm yeah, we are. For we
3: are very invested in everyone.
4: <laughs> and looking at these five daters we just spoke to. You're thinking about the identity spectrum you've got people on one side who don't know who they are and then on the other side who feel almost repressed by their identities mm-hmm. where do you think is the happy
3: medium we'll be right back after this short break
0: are you ready to share some joy and celebrate international women's day m&m's has partnered with iheart for women take the mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other and of course there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure peanut butter m&m's because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight like listening to your favorite podcast
1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
6: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandys can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandy's for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandy's.
4: Where do you think is the happy medium?
3: I think it's knowing yourself well enough so you know your needs. It kind of comes back to intentionality too, right? Like you need a North Star of what you're going for or you just end up kind of scattered and lost, but not being so rigid that you can't compromise, you can't show different sides of yourself, you can't let people in. I think that's where it becomes problematic where it's my way or the highway because that's not how relationships work. And you know, ultimately dating, is setting ourselves up for relationships for most of us, at least the people that we talk to on this. Ultimately, they want to find a long-term relationship. And I feel like if you don't show your real self, then like, what are you actually doing? Like, does this person even know you that you're in a relationship with? Right,
4: right. It's also a good learning now that we're having this conversation is what side of you do people bring out in you, especially when it comes to dating? Mm -hmm. And the side that someone is bringing out in you, do you like that side? Is that like part of you that you want to be brought out? I remember going on these dates where people I was dating, they brought out this anxious side of me that Mm -hmm. I did not love, where they brought out this like petty side of me. I'm like, where did this side come from? Yeah, It's good to be curious and observe it. But then I'm also like, I don't want to be around that because I don't want to feel this way.
3: Yeah, until you know yourself and can hone in on that, it's actually really hard to date and find a good life partner. You end up on that dating hamster wheel. Yes. And I wish more people would actually take more time off from dating and more time getting to know themselves. And I think you know, sometimes you can't get to know yourself through others and relational intelligence and all of that. But a lot of the times too, when you're just in a cycle of going on date after date after date and never mm. reflecting, like that also doesn't really work in the long run.
4: I went through an exercise a few months ago, where I was asked to write a five second introduction of myself. And this is the introduction for every environment I would be in. And it was so hard because you're like, how do I want to come off? And that's almost the wrong question, right? It's not how do I want to come off? Who am I on the inside? And I still struggle with that. It's like we base so much of our identity on how we want to be perceived that we feel trapped by that perception of who we are. So how do we course correct if we feel like we are trying to be something we're not?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's first and foremost checking in with yourself. Like, am I just putting on a persona? Is this what my friends see? I think in dating, we often try to be a date version of ourselves. We want to show the best side. But I think it's showing the real side. It actually is the best side because, yeah, you might, you know, scare off some people, but I feel like we can't be afraid to scare off the wrong people, ultimately.
4: Yeah, and I think that's okay if they're scared yeah. off. <laughs> they're, you're not exactly. meant to be with
3: them. I think when you're like thinking, should I say this? Should I do this? When you're in your head, that's probably a sign that you need to just do it. Yes. Just be yourself. Yes. Put it out there. Or have a conversation. Like if it's something that you're like, I don't know how this is going to come off. I think we're afraid to share our inner monologues with people on dates. And yeah, people don't need to hear every last thought that's going through your mind. We're not saying that. But I do think that like just keeping it in your head solely, that's when you start to overthink and come up with this persona you, not the real you.
4: And then when you're so stuck on the persona you, like Kyle and Kristen, that you often feel like you have to say things just so you align with that character That's a lot of pressure, too. And how you can course correct from that is, what would my heart be speaking Mm -hmm. in this moment? What would my inner child be saying in this moment? On our show, Dateable, I went on a blind date experiment. Julie loves this one because (laughs) in the middle of the date, this guy did call me out. But what that showed to me was he was calling me in being like, you're showing me the exterior here. I get that. That's easy. But like, who are you on on the inside? Who is your inner child? Who is that inner voice that speaks to you every day? It was, it's really hard to get to the core of who you are.
3: But that changed you, right? That was such a pivotal point of your dating life. I would say that was kind of a form of an exit interview. Without Mm -hmm. that, you would never have even known that info. He probably wouldn't have asked you at a second date. You would have been Mm -hmm. confused because you thought it went really well. He was seeing the fun and funny side of UA, but he was longing for a deeper, real side of UA.
4: Yes. Yeah. Well, what a fun season. I'm so sad that it's over, but I learned so much. It really surprised me how... I used to think some people are complicated, some people are simple. I no longer think that. I think everyone's very complicated. And that's the beauty of humanity is that there's so much to learn about each other. And we can't just brush each other off based on first impressions, because there's just Mm. so many layers to peel back.
3: I actually think the complex side of humans is what ultimately ends up being what attracts us and makes us love each other. Mm. We heard on a bunch of these that I saw the surface level side And we hear this all the time in dateable, too. It's like, I think people are, you know, understandable on date one that it's going to be a lot of date talk. But then by date two and three, when the conversation's not evolving, you're not seeing the real person come out. That's when a lot of people piece and it seems counterintuitive because you think like you're putting on this date side what they want to see. But people really do want to see the real you. Yeah. Because that's the only way you'll know if you're actually compatible or not.
4: That's so true. I wish I heard that 15 years ago. Oh, my God. (laughs)
3: Going back to vulnerability
4: how much we hate this word or love this word doesn't matter. But it's like, what does this word stand for? I used to think vulnerability meant you share your past history. Mm -hmm. You share about what makes you sad and what makes you mad. And you share about your bad day at work. But I realized vulnerability is showing people who you are Without that filter of how am I going to be perceived. Yeah. And that could be bad days, good days. But it's like you said, the inner monologue is so hard to get out because we're always so afraid of perception but dating does come easier if you can remain true to that inner monologue.
3: Like looking back on our daters in this experiment, the diversity of personalities of, yeah. you know, what people were looking for, backgrounds, all of it really, you know, made everyone so unique and special, and I think that ultimately is what will attract others to them is seeing that unique side of them. So I do think these folks, now that they've been made aware, the first step really is awareness. They'll at least have that inner voice. Maybe it's Julie and UA saying to them, like, <laughs> show your true self. You can do it. Don't be so rigid. Be more intentional, whatever it is, <laughs> you know? So I think that they'll have the guidance to keep going on this journey.
4: Well, that is such a great way to wrap up this episode. And in fact, to wrap up this season of Exit Interview, thank you all for coming along for this experiment with us. Our first time doing the Exit Interview won't be the last. We've absolutely loved every minute of this. And if you haven't yet, go back and listen to all the previous episodes. They're so good, promise you. And if you want more from us, be sure to head over to Dateable, our other podcast, because we continue the conversation on that show.
3: Yeah, and you know, even though this show is over, We still need your support, so leave those rating and reviews, go back, listen to any episodes you've missed, share it with a friend. This is how we're going to keep the exit interview going for another season. Maybe we'll check back in with some of these folks. Or we'll have a whole new slew of people in the next season to uncover what's holding them back in their love lives.
4: And if you're interested in participating in an exit interview for yourself, you can DM us on Instagram at exitinterviewshow or Twitter at xinterviewshow.
3: Thank you so much for listening. This has been a pleasure, and we'll see you soon.
4: This episode was coordinated by Katya Kupalian, creative produced by Samantha Martin, and edited by Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler at Little Scorpion Studios with executive producers Uhu, Julie Craftick, and Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.